if I had been in Bethlehem that night and had seen a young couple arriving and the wife expecting, I might have glanced over, but I don't know that I would have done anything that night. With all the hustle and bustle and probably things that were on my schedule, maybe I would have noticed, but that probably would have been about it. I wonder what I would have done if I were one of the shepherds. Would I have been so wrapped up in my work, making sure that all of the shepherd or sheep were accounted for and watched and so forth, that I would have completely missed the angel that delivered that good news? Perhaps I would have been standing out in the field, checking my Instagram or my Facebook to see what was happening with all of the people arriving from out of t- town for the census. I may have been stewing because one of the other shepherds called in sick and we were overworked. What about you? If you were in Bethlehem that night or if you were out in the fields watching your flocks, would you have stopped to hear a message from one of God's messengers? Or perhaps like many of us, would we have been too busy or would we have thought, well, that's nonsense, that, you know, that we've been waiting a long time for this, and, well, it hasn't happened, and it sure is a busy time around here, but I've got to move on. We ask this question today because, as you heard Pastor Matthew say in the children's message, God still speaks. God spoke then, and God still speaks to us today. The God who spoke to Zechariah still speaks. The God who spoke to Joseph still speaks. The God who spoke to Mary still speaks. The God who spoke to the shepherds still speaks. God speaks through prayer and through the scriptures and through the church and through our experiences. Through other people who are close to God, God speaks to us through them. And often the voices that clamor for our attention distract us from hearing God's voice. And this can result in a lack of direction or other missed opportunities. I'll give you an example. I'm going to move this just a little bit. I think it was the week before last, our family all happened to be at home at the same time. That's kind of a rarity. And so, in a dad thing, let's watch a Christmas movie. And everybody agreed. Well, what do you want to watch? Well, I don't know. So we had the Comcast. So we turned on that, went to the section to find all of the movies that are available. And I'm cheap, so I won't pay for them. I only want to watch the ones that are for free. So we got to that section and clicked on it and Do you know how many different Christmas movies there were to choose from? 703. That's a lot of movies, Mary, isn't it? 703. So we started to scroll through, and you know what? They all kind of blended together. Nothing really stood out. Perhaps this 
is how we often feel because we have so many choices. There are so many things, so many religions and philosophies and pathways that nothing really stands out. You know what I ended up doing was we went back to the the regular TV channel and found the one that's familiar, Christmas Vacation. And we watched it, and you can war- you can mouth the words along the way because we've seen it so many times. Often we have so many choices, and there are so many things that clamor for our attention that we gravitate for the same old thing. And we don't experience anything new, and we may miss an opportunity to hear a fresh word from God. Churches can become like this, too, if we're not careful. Ruth Haley Barton talks about this in her book that I'm reading right now, Strengthening the Soul of Our Leadership. She writes, These days there is such a glut of information and stimulation that it's often hard to know what to pay attention to. And this leads to our takeaway for today, and that is, Let us not miss a word from God. Don't miss a word from God. At this point in the Christ story, Mary and Joseph knew, Elizabeth and Zechariah knew, but that was it. This baby, however, was to be a savior for all the world, not for just a few. And God sent the shepherds a message, and they were to be the ones to go and confirmed that this message had been delivered for people outside of those small that small group. This was to be for all the world to hear. The shepherds would be the first evangelists to take the gospel out to all the people. But what if the shepherds weren't paying attention for some of the reasons we talked about earlier? What if they missed the message? What if they ignored it? What if they had just stayed where they were and didn't do anything at all? Now, we would say, well, that wouldn't stop or thwart the work of God, and I believe that's accurate. However, in this particular story, what if they would have ignored it? They would have missed the blessing. They would have missed the joy. Thankfully, they followed God's word, and they took part in this wonderful news. I think of a illustration from the play in the movie Christmas Carol, A Christmas Carol. There's that one scene where the ghost of Christmas past speaks to Ebenezer Scrooge, and after hearing all of what the angel or the ghost of Christmas past had to say, the old man is certainly shaken by what he's heard, but then he says this, bah humbug. He just blows it off, and he says, It wasn't real, just a bit of last night's undigested beef. There is more gravy about you than the grave. And he ignored it. So let us see how we can pay attention and be present to God, to hear God speak when God chooses to do that. And we can learn some things from these ordinary shepherds. I believe that they did what another well-known shepherd did in the scriptures when he heard from an angel of God, and that shepherd's name was Moses. 
If we go back to Exodus chapter 3 in the Old Testament, we see the story of how God led Moses to become the leader who would guide the people of Israel out of Egyptian slavery. And in the wilderness experience that Moses had prior to this call, he learned how to listen and pay attention to God. And so Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, we read, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. And Moses looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside, and I've added the italics and underlined, I must turn aside and look at it at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. In her book, Ruth Haley Barton suggests that God spoke to Moses because Moses stopped, paused, noticed, and turned aside. She, Barton is, concerned that many of us are choosing to live lives that do not set us up to pay attention to notice the places where God is at work and to begin asking ourselves what these things mean. We long for a word from the Lord, but somehow we've been suckered into believing that the pace we keep is what leadership requires. And we go down the slippery slope of a life that offers no opportunity for paying attention and then we wonder why we aren't hearing from God when we need God the most. I think the same thing happens in our churches. We can become numb to the calendar and the programming and all of the uh, stimulation because of so many distractions. And then we, we wonder, why aren't we hearing from God? But we've been too busy with our own thing to hear a fresh word from God. There, there must be a balance and in that um, walk of, of Christianity that, that we look to these shepherds to see how they heard and try to replicate that in our lives. Asking the question, do we have mechanisms in our lives like solitude and prayer for paying attention so that we don't miss the places that God, where God himself is trying to communicate to us? Solitude brought Moses to a place where he had slowed down enough to pay attention to the bush that was burning in the middle of his own life. The practice of turning aside is a spiritual discipline that by its very nature sets us up for an encounter with the holy. And then to close the loop on what Barton says, that all of us have burning bushes in our lives, places that shimmer with grace, alerting us to the possibility that God is at work doing something that we could never have predicted. Quoting Elizabeth Barrett Browning's poem, Earth crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only the one who sees takes off their shoes. The rest sit around it and pluck blackberries. Let us not miss the holy ground that God sets before us. And I believe that if spiritual leadership is anything, it's the capacity to see the bush burning in the middle of our own lives. 
having enough sense to turn aside, take off our shoes and pay attention. And that's what these shepherds did as they heard the angel speak to that they would go to Bethlehem, the town of David, and they would find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, and they would share that good news with the others. They would be the first evangelists to tell of the birth of the Messiah. I don't know how long they searched when they got to town, but a baby wrapped in cloths and placed in a manger is not an ordinary thing. And I imagine they searched all of the caves where animals were normally stored and feeding stalls and all, and they finally came to that place. And Luke reports that the shepherds found Mary and Joseph, and the baby was indeed lying in the manger. And the first thing they did was share the news that they had been told, the news of great joy. And the question for us today is this, will we turn aside and pay attention to what God is saying to us, yielding control to God? Or will we try to maintain control and in charge, which is what I'm bent to do? Remember how Moses tried to remain in control and get out of doing all of the things God had asked him to do and finally acquiesced and said that he would follow. He found every reason not to do it. Let's take a quick look at this sign that the angels gave those shepherds. It's in three, this word manger is in verse 7, verse 12, and verse 16. We see it three times in the story. The manger is where the baby would be found. What happens when we take the letter A from in a manger and move it over a few spaces to the right? What word do we end up with? Manager manager. We go from the vulnerability of God's son born as a defenseless baby to try to control our own destiny. I'm real good at managing stuff. It's harder for me to let go and let God. Maybe you're like that sometimes too. N.T. Wright in his commentary on Luke says this, the birth of this little boy is the beginning of a confrontation between the kingdom of God and all its apparent weakness, significance, and vulnerability in the kingdom of the world. It is an upside-down understanding that God came into human flesh and became vulnerable in the form of a baby and would minister to people and then willingly endure the cross, making himself nothing. Vulnerability this kingdom out of weakness. I want to know the story of the manger, and I pray, God, that you help me not manage it to my own liking. Help me be obedient to you. Help me to be willing to turn aside like those shepherds did and follow your word. So the question is, if I were a shepherd, would I have known that it was a Christ child? There's one way of knowing. What have I seen and heard this Christmas season? 
What have we seen and heard this Christmas season? We read the newspaper. We watch the news. We see the chaos and the strife around us. Do we see all of that, or do we see sheep without a shepherd? When we go to short pump and do our shopping, do we see hordes of people in stores hustling and bustling, arguing over parking spaces? Or do we notice worried expressions on the faces of others, worried because of the pandemic, worried because of higher prices, worried because they were perhaps facing Christmas time without a loved one or without a job, and they don't know how they're going to make ends meet? What are we seeing? What are we hearing this Christmas? Do we hear only the blast of music and carols and start to turn the radio station off because there have been too many repeated over and over again? Or do we hear the silent sighs of the lonely and the bereaved who might be dreading the season? So in the midst of all of this, we have choices to turn aside and seek to hear a fresh word from God or to maintain control and follow our own destiny. There's a lot of good. And I can only imagine what it would be like if we position ourselves to see what God is doing and to join God there. Most of the people in Bethlehem that night didn't see a thing. And I'm glad those shepherds did. Maybe one of our carols says it best. O little town of Bethlehem. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls shall receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Will we turn aside to hear a good word from God this Christmas season? Will we open the door to, of our heart to the Christ child and welcome him in? Or will we keep him at a distance and try to manage the story of the manger? Let's pray.